0: This is Beyond Busy, the show where we talk about work and all the questions that define how and where we do that work. We talk about productivity, work-life balance, how people define happiness and success, and much, much more. If you're new here, my name is Graham Alcott. I'm your host for the show. I'm the author of How to Be a Productivity Ninja and the founder of Think Productive. And this week on the show, we're talking to David Marquet. David is... The author of the best-selling book, Turn the Ship Around, as an amazing TED Talk uh, with the same title, which we'll put a link to in the show notes. And as also the author of a new book, Leadership is Language. So we're going to talk in a second to David. This is a pre-lockdown conversation that we had um, earlier this year in London uh, when he was over here for a few days. Um, So just before we get into it, just to say, I hope you're enjoying the sunshine. Um, It's a really lovely few days uh, here uh, in Brighton on the south coast of the UK. And also, if you haven't been um, following me and my Rev Up for the Week Sunday emails, you can find out more at grahamalcott.com, where you'll be able to get details of how to sign up from there. And the show notes for this episode and all the others are at getbeyondbusy.com. So let's get straight into the episode. This is a conversation about David's new book, Leadership is Language. Fascinating book about how language plays such a huge role in how we lead and in fact defines the style of how we lead. So we talk a lot about that. We talk about his time as the captain of a nuclear submarine in the US Navy and much much more so i think you're going to really enjoy david really just charismatic inspiring interesting guy with so many wise things to say so let's get straight into the episode here's my conversation with david marquet we've got about 40 minutes i think
1: yeah i'm doing another podcast in the hotel at two okay so uh at one and uh then i said no no well so i'll be like
0: two minutes late, but I really need to, <laughs> okay, I don't God. want him standing there wondering what happened. And um, and where are you based? Where do you live? South the of same. Tampa. Okay, and so how long are you in London? About a week, been yeah. here for a couple of days. I was over Twickenham Friday, did some stuff with yeah. uh,
1: the sports guys, the rugby guys.
0: Uh, like with the English rugby? Yeah, uh, there's, uh, cool. Eddie
1: Jones was quoted as he, they asked him what he was reading and he said my book turned the ship around my first book yeah. and so then all the rugby guys started reading my book so it's nice. been really fun. Cool. Yeah,
0: I don't Did know you know much about rugby before?
1: No, I don't know anything about rugby. <laughs> so
0: it's, like, uh, it's like NFL, but um, without any clear idea of what's going on. That's pretty, much, that's pretty much my feeling on the thing. <laughs> so um, I'm not in the dark. It's just how it is designed. <laughs> um, so I guess we're going to talk about um, two boats, basically, uh, Yeah, in this podcast. So we're yeah. going to talk about Santa Fe and uh, El Faro. Yeah. Um, and so your book is Leadership is Language, the hidden power of what you say and what you don't yeah um i found it really fascinating and um essentially you're telling the story of this boat that that sank and some of the when you read this transcript because they were able to dig up the transcripts from the bottom of the seabed essentially and and kind of play back the recordings of what had happened on board and and wrote that into a transcript so you're kind of using this as an example of how language really um, affects your style of leadership right
1: it 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 not, it doesn't only affect your, it is your style of leadership. Yeah. And so my background was submarine commander and you really spend a lot of time paying attention to how exactly you say things that uh, mm-hmm. we did and by some tweaks in the language. So for example, instead of saying, I'd, I'd like permission to do this versus I intend to do this. And like what happens when you cascade that out at an organizational level? Another one is we, they. The the team size is limited. It's limited at the we they boundary, not what the org chart says. So when you say, well, tell me about these people, well, we're in the marketing department. Well, how about them? Well, they're over in operations. So that's the team boundary Uh, because I hear the word change from we to they because that means that that's a different tribe. So we would say, well, just and on submarine we had we had a loose big tribe, but we had strong, we had engineers and tacticians and officers and enlisted men and so we had uh, lots of mini tribes and we just said everyone's going to refer to everybody as we mm. if you don't you get ignored we won't i'm i'm not going to talk i'm not going to wreck which is awkward when someone's up there saying well they ordered the wrong part and i would just not respond to that and then someone would say hey we'll try saying we we ordered the wrong part and then they look silly and they walk away <laughs> yeah, <all right. laughs> but, but but what happens is you rewire your brain the action comes first. We act our way to new thinking, not think our way to new action. So that's, uh, so so the genesis of the book was, it was partially self-help because I felt like, why am I asking questions in an unhelpful way? I want to I ask mm. questions that make it easy for people to share what they know. Yeah. But, but I would find myself saying, are you sure? Which is not easy to share because you're never sure. Is it safe? Will it work? I don't know, (laughs) but I have to say yes, or you're going to torpedo my project, Mm. but that doesn't leave the nuance of, well, I'm 99% sure, or I'm 51% sure. And I lose all that nuance There's, we have a a rush. We're overly, uh, we overly rush to reduce uncertainty and Mm. variability when we need to embrace variability. So thinking is an embrace variability sport. People apply reduced variability language. That's what I would see. The language is designed to reduce variability and we rush into that. And the way you run meetings is designed to reduce variability. But thinking is an embrace variability sport. So the tagline is, we use a reduced variability playbook and an embrace variability
0: Get. Mm and let's come on and we'll talk about red work and blue work and the yeah uh, the differences between those um uh in a second so one of the things that really, really interested me about the book is it felt like you shone a light over Lots of the the kind of subtexts to how people work and how people make decisions, like that whole thing of like you know, are you sure? Right, and right. It's like you kind of just have to say yes. So right, right, right. So there's actually not just a there's just no actual. It's not really a
1: question, question is, it? On, is it?
0: It's almost are, like we've just we good to, here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is there going to be a problem? <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> so if it, and it felt like it felt like when i when i read um some of those parts of the book it was like it's so obvious how yeah. how bad this <laughs> style of communication is yes. right? so did you feel like so you had a particular experience which you talk about in turn the ship around where basically I mean, you can tell the story, but like you were trained to deal with one particular ship and then you got moved on to another ship and you had, so you're there having to sort of learn how to give orders on a vessel that you don't necessarily understand. Like how quickly in that process did you start to really question some of those really basic fundamentals about how people delegate and how people, how people lead in that kind of way?
1: So there was this nagging thought that there was going to be a problem that, I couldn't go and be the all-knowing commanding officer, which is the system is designed for that. That's why we yeah. spent so much time. I spent 12 months pr- learning everything. It's called knowing, doing, and people tend, tend to operate on the following axis. If I know it, I tell it, I, I give the team direction and we're off moving. It feels good for me. The team is like we're, we're making product, whatever it is. If I don't know it, I say, okay, pause, let's figure this out together. And those were the dimensions that I operated on, and, uh, but very quickly, with two weeks, I gave an order that couldn't be done. And in the past, like if you come from that mindset of leader as decision maker mindset, then when you give a bad order, the, what you need to do is give better orders. That's the antidote to mm-hmm. bad orders. Right. Yeah. But because of a complexity of a nuclear submarine, I was like, I can't, there's no way that can happen fast enough. So the problem isn't, I gave a bad order. The problem is I was giving orders. Mm. And it turns out when the person at the top of the organization stops telling people what to do, brilliant things happen. Think about it. You have a gas pedal and a brake pedal. You know, you just give up the gas pedal. You never use the gas pedal. Well, what's the organ? The gas comes from the people. They're pushing forward. You're not having to provoke them. You're not having to prod them. You don't have to check on them. You don't have to do anything. You spend zero time managing people. Mm. They own it. Now, how you make that transition, though, is very dicey. You go too fast. It feels scary. It breaks. They just sit there looking at you. Nothing happens. So you have to sort of very gradually and safely move in that direction. And that's why we use the, and, and, but we did it by language. We're out running the ship. We don't have time to have, you know, an offsite or an away day. We, so we just we just said, hey, don't say, request permission to, don't say, what do you want me to do, say, just use these words, I intend to. Mm-hmm. We never talked about, quote, empowerment, but we had a structure for empowerment, which yeah. was, re- so basically it's like the thermometer on the wall. I can see what the temperature is, and then I can dial the temperature what I want. That's what, when, so when you take empowerment and make it real by saying, this, this sounds like this, We kept asking ourselves over and over again, Wisley, what would it sound like if? Oh, I want people to be collaborative. Okay, what would it sound like if people were more collaborative? Like, Mm. describe it. Well, you know, they would talk to you. No, specifically. What kind of word phrases? And so that's when...
0: Are you having these conversations on the ship? Or yeah. having these, yeah, so yeah. All this the isn't time, like a thing all... that you have prepared in advance. Or, no, 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 I had no idea. This was yeah. all panic and yeah.
1: fear, and you know, uh,
0: man, I was making this up on the fly. And you don't, and you don't get two days to um or get off the ship and go and sit in a nice no. conference room. Somewhere. No, we
1: own, <laughs> No, no. See, that's the thing. We <laughs> own the ship all the time. Yeah. Uh, you, there, you're so busy all the yeah. time. We and when the ship comes into port, you know who fixes it? We do. Yeah. Right. It's not yeah. like. Yeah. Being an airplane pilot where someone else goes and fixes Mm. the air, we fix the ship. So there's this tremendous sense of time pressure, and we had to get the ship ready for deployment. And at the same time, we're changing our language. But the good thing is it's very dense. I call it a closely coupled system. We're bouncing into each other all the time. And uh, if I said something in the control room, very quickly, people would, they would overhear. I talked to the engineer in the control people over here. It bounces out and it kind of ripples out very quickly. And so I was able to reinforce through multiple, multiple multiple interactions, the behaviors. But it all started with me. This is the other thing. So I got a couple things wrong. Uh, uh, My initial reaction was, well, you guys need to be proactive. You need to step up. You You, 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 you're all screwed up. I'm fine. Right, okay. And this is 180 yeah. degrees out of whack. P- I, I now believe that the reason that people say that is because they're lazy. They won't do the hard work of changing themselves. No. Mm. I. Oh, but you didn't tell me. Yeah, but guess what? As leaders, we didn't ask the question in a way that made it easy for you to tell me. Mm. You can only change your own behavior. Get that in your head. So anytime, so you start with, well, I wish my team were more blank now, what, how do I change
0: my behavior to make that easier? Nice. Um, let's talk about how that then manifests itself. Because what was interesting is that there's this, I, I understood the thinking. I understood the, uh, you know, the shift. And I love that thing that you um, have talked about before where it's like move. The decision-making to where the knowledge is, move the authority to where the knowledge is. Push the authority
1: information. Yeah. 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 So the traditional thing is information gets channeled Mm. to the authority who makes
0: the decision and comes back out. Yeah. And then what it felt like was in this book, you're then putting that into a framework, which is based around the red work and and blue work ideas. So do you want to just really briefly explain red work versus blue work and and how those two things are different?
1: We use our brains in two different, fundamentally two different ways. Uh, We work as traditionally defined. So, imagine someone is talking to a client, running a process, running a nuclear power plant, flying an airplane, doing an operation, operating, uh, uh, working on an assembly line. Is requires focus, which means I'm excluding. I, I'm deliberately limiting my perspective, so I'm just focusing on what I'm doing, because if I don't, I might get hurt, or there's variability in the work. I, I want all the holes drilled the same. I want the, the knife cut on the patient to be exactly, I don't want squiggly, okay, so, so, so it's focus. But then the other kind of work we do is thinking, decision-making, contemplation, reflection, self-improvement. This requires a broad perspective, gathering new ideas, innovation, create. And so that's a fundamentally different way we use the brain. And, and for me, it's sort of like a head down into the work and then a head up. It's not, what most people have is their heads sort of in the middle all the time. So we're never really truly focused. We're never truly in the work. We're mm-hmm. always reserving a little bit of our mental capacity to monitor ourselves. And then we're never truly broad. I did an ex- activity the other day. So uh, you're with a company, you're doing a workshop, you guys do these. And uh, we have 30 executives, uh, six tables of five. And the company says, I, want, I don't want everyone to sit with the normal people. I want to have maximum diversity at the table. So I've assigned the seats. So I said, well, there's a different way of doing it. I could just stand in the front of the room and say, here's the deal. Arrange yourselves in the most diverse manner. Mm -hmm. and we let them do that then we say now explain how your table is diverse and people come up with the most boring (laughs) well we have different genders (laughs) we have different uh ethnicities but people sometimes don't actually say that and then we have but we have different backgrounds and like to me this is like a scale of two in the level of diversity Mm. Uh, versus, and so there's so like humans are so diverse, and well, what kind of things do we like? What what TV shows do I watch? What how many kids do I have? Where do I? What languages do I speak? Uh, I, and even now, I'm just scratching the surface, and so, but every once in a while, someone will say something. It's like everyone's like, oh yeah, now I'm pushing it, but you don't get that until you risk letting them arrange their own. So, so our when we broaden our horizons. We don't really, we're not that broad. Mm. And when we run meetings where we talk about something and then we we say, well, what does everyone think? Should we launch the product or not? And then and then everyone's nodding their head and they say, okay, well, you all had a chance. You could have said something. The, the meeting is not really about making a decision. It's about giving the CEO the ability to, to say later, well, you all had a chance. Mm. If you really want people to make a decision, ask them first how strongly they feel about it and let them... Vote now. You're looking for the strongest pro and con, and then you invite. We call it. We call it embrace the outlier. Yeah. We invite those people to have voice. The pro- the probability of someone who thinks quite differently to speak up just gets dampened down, and that's because you've got the anchoring, anchoring thing and groupthink. Yeah, right? exactly.
0: So, so, like, if you've got particularly a senior person gives an answer, and yes. everybody else is Everybody else is kind of thinking, I I think radically differently to that, but I better just give it a little bit differently to that rather than be too radical because I don't want to look right, too far out. Right.
1: So what? How many? How many books should we print? First printing, um, and let's say, and it doesn't need to be. It could be anyone in the group. First one says, yeah, I think about five thousand. Mm. And you were thinking, you were thinking twenty thousand. So what? But what do you say? Yeah, maybe fifteen. Yeah. yeah. So, in other words, I've just I've collapsed the variability. Yeah. But on the other hand, if we say, okay, look, everyone, write down on a card what do you think the initial printing should be, and now I flip all the cards over and I see, oh, you have tw-. so now I look for the high and the low. Oh, you wrote it one thousand. Let's hear from you. You wrote twenty thousand. Like, what is it that you're saying that could-? now you have
0: now you have a discussion. Yeah. And then you're asking different questions. Correct. Right? So you're asking, What's the risk here? And yeah. like how why 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 are you really bullish on this or not bullish on this? Or so,
1: yeah, so so uh a couple things. I like starting the question with what or how. Even mm. why. So so the way you said it sounded to me pretty n- neutral. I would have been okay responding to that. But if you said, Why are you so bullish on this? Yeah. Now it's you're sending a very subtle signal, not so subtle, that I'm not as bullish as you. Mm, So now there's a, I just put a little barrier, a little hurdle. Now you have to overcome that hurdle. And and depending upon the power gradients in the office, Mm. you may say, yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm, I'm off base. And then you just lost, you lost for the group of that one person thinking. So the phrase we use is we're inadvertently and automatically, because it's just we're repeating what we've heard before, applying a reduced vir- variability language yeah. to an embrace vari- variability game. So we, then we have all these work. Oh, we're going to have an away day, and we're going to we're going to today. This is brainstorming day and ma- a- idea meritocracy. We're going to call each other by our first names and whatever. And I'm not the CEO today. Well, that's just an admission that. Our normal meetings are run <laughs> exactly the opposite of the idea of
0: cre- having creativity. Yeah, and I know you, you guys probably run into this a lot. So it's like, yeah, it, the, 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 we get to have one day off from the norm, but actually. Uh, right. Now, now yeah, 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 yeah. Today you can be creative. <laughs> the other 364 days, just do what you're told. So you've got this. Um, interface between the red work and the blue work and yeah so the red work is like the doing the yeah, execution. So, yeah i
1: never answer and, the question <laughs> and, and what you're
0: trying to do is like in the doing part of it what's interesting is in the doing part you want to eliminate as much var- variability as possible and like yeah. you know because that gives you clarity right and then in the thinking part you're trying to embrace variability as much as possible yeah so how do those two things yeah Interface that how do people transition from one to the other? So
1: it's very, so that's hard. The industrial age solved the problem by say, okay, we're going to outsource those two different kinds of work to two different groups of people. One group, which we're going to call the white collar leadership management salaried people, are going to do the thinking or the blue work. Another group of people, which we're going to call workers, labor. Unionized hourly people are going to do the doing work. So the, the deciders choose what the doers were gonna, are going to do. And the problem is now, or the challenge now is, first of all, that's a terrible life. If you just get told what to do all the time. But it's this phase you have gone through with the Industrial Revolution. Now, what we what I think we want is we need the doers. We want the doers to be the deciders. Let the doers be the deciders, mm. So, which is actually all of us. So the people doing the work should be able to make decisions about the work to as much as possible. But what that means is that this group, this group which hitherto for just said, do what you're told, have a narrow focus. Now I need to oscillate. So I need narrow, narrow, narrow. Monday through Thursday narrow. Then Friday, we're going to back up. We're going to have a broad focus. Mm. That's the hard part. That's where we need to be agile. So we need to make it easier to stop. Hey, we've been so good chopping down these trees, so good printing, doing print films, so good renting DVDs that we just keep doing it. No, we're going to put time out. And now we're going to think about it. But you also have to make it easy to get, okay, enough thinking, enough, contemplation, enough now let's get back into the doing. Yeah. So both ways, I've seen, we
0: see organizations stuck on both sides. Yeah. So what is, do you have advice for organizations if you feel like an organization is stuck too much in doing and they're not, and this would be the sort of the classic sort of stories of, you know, Kodak not embracing yeah. digital photography and, yeah. and various others and blockbuster video and all that. So like, if you're stuck in that cycle of doing and you're not, necessarily you know thinking about the broader picture right. how can how how do companies break out of that and, and vice versa so uh
1: at, at the strategic level your strategy should be a hypothesis it, it it shouldn't be here's here's our plan period it should be our hypothesis is that if we do this we're going to have these outcomes and then what are we going to learn and then there hmm. should be expiration dates so every time you make a decision, put an expiration date on it. So we're going to decide to do print film. We're going to decide to do streaming video. We're going to decide to make a new app, whatever. Uh, and in six months, we're going to re are g- So you you want to put a marker in the calendar yeah. to, to pause and raise your head. Because once you get going, you'll be so happy and you'll be so good at it. But it might be irrelevant mm. for the marketplace. Uh, at the sort of operational, like quarterly goals. Com- companies often write quarterly goals, but we say, how about what are we going to learn this quarter? So, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to raise revenue. We're going to ship this product. But rarely do I see. And we have a deliberate plan to learn more about ABC. You look at uh, Bezos's first annual report for Amazon back in 98. He writes, this is what we've achieved, and we have much to learn about internet mar- selling things mm-hmm. on the internet and he talks about it meantime i got jack welsh's ge report it's all hubris and this is what we've done and there's mm-hmm. th- there's uh, nothing in there about and here's what we have to learn more about mm-hmm. yeah and now look what happened at, at the time i don't
0: know you know i was the amazon with the pipsqueak and GE was a giant now see what happens but then it's also so coming back to that thing I was saying before about you're shining a light really on some of the games that are sort of the subtext games that are played right so the subtext game of that is look at how great we are so yeah. that the share, because the game is instill confidence amongst shareholders and actually you know that doesn't that approach doesn't serve innovation or thinking differently or yeah, I call, kind of embracing any kind of vulnerability, basically, isn't it? Like really exactly, thing, isn't
1: it? Yeah, and I call that. And, and, and by the way, I don't think it actually instills confidence. I, I don't. I don't think anyone's tricked by some braggadocio, or maybe they were, but I think I think many people are. Okay, uh, all, all right. Time. Well, that'll be podcast number two. Can, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right. Um, I take it back. <laughs> but um, I guess it w- they wouldn't say if it didn't work. But here's the deal. We, I call that your be good self. Yeah, and and it happens at a corporate level. It happens at individuals. And this, the idea is, I gotta protect this image that we're good, and that I deserve my salary. That I that I'm not gonna. I shouldn't be fired. And, and it really gets down to that. Like I'm I'm afraid. Mm. And the problem is, the be good self is resistant to admitting that we could be better uh, seeking feedback which is what we need if we're going to play the long game and and say well three years from now, do we want to be doing exactly the same as we're doing? No, no, we should be do- interacting with clients better than, yeah. well, that means at some point we need to say we can do it better than what we did. Oh, but the problem is now for the doers of the deciders, it was us who chose it to be that way. So now I'm having to question myself mm. and uh, I have to rethink decisions that we made and that only comes from a safe environment. And this was, this is so anathema as I was a nuclear submarine commander, the whole thing was about scaring the shit out of people. Yep. We got a nuclear yep. reactor. We got enemies trying to kill us. We got, I mean, it's tense, dicey stuff. It, it's, it is physically, uh, there are physical um, dangers, but we let it perpetuate emotional scariness on our people. Mm. And and you don't have to. You don't provoke people into being brilliant and, and and being great. People are great. No act of greatness, I I don't think was
0: because someone was ordered to be great. I, I've mm-hmm. yet to read about it. And this really comes back to like this the central premise with you know, in the book where you're talking about El Faro and the sinking of that boat. So you're talking about how there's one bit that I really liked. You know what you were just saying there about uh, decisions should be time limited. Yeah. And you talk about here. Here was the script uh, for the particular decision to to take the boat in this particular direction. Yeah. And then you say what they could have said is, "Let's move in this way. I'm not 100% certain of this, so I'm going to review this decision at 12 o'clock. Continue yeah. until 12, yeah. and I'll be back just before then. And actually." the longer the situation went on, it's like everyone's entrenched in the, you know, the right. authority and, and the decision is to, is to move this way. Right. And so everyone's entrenched in that. And it's like, it almost becomes this thing of, you've got to, you've got to keep proving you're right by steering through the most dicey. Yeah. Horses.
1: So that, so that's called escalation of commitment. Cause yeah. I, I'm getting more and more invested in proving I'm right. But the other thing is a deviation is just, it feels like when I get to a fork in the road, they're not, equally weighted. Mm. They, they don't play with equal, um, on an equal playing field. It's like, unless you prove that we ought to turn, we're going to keep going straight. And the, and the, and the play, I, I, I call it, uh, the, the, the framework of the book is the, the six plays that we, and so the play from the industrial age is continue. Because yeah. you want to run the production line yeah. as long as possible. Because there's big costs of retooling and p- downtime. is I, Downtime is a very visible, I, I see it on the, balance sheet on the income statement as waste Mm, eliminate that so there's a huge burden to being the person who says hold on i'm not sure that this is right yeah not i'm not not i'm sure it's wrong you don't need that i just need to be i'm not sure that it's right there's a huge and when i when we talk about that and in with with people they say well people don't want to be wrong well why are we calling it that we could call it, well, that's resilience. Raising your hand and pausing the mm. the assembly line and double checking, I could use the phrase resilience, but we don't, everyone calls it wrong. So the new play is called Complete. Think of the work in chunks. Let's complete it. So cl- complete it lets us truly reflect on how we're doing, but the other thing complete lets us do is celebrate. Yeah. If, if every day feels the same, we're just churn, 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 there's no pause, there's no celebration, no celebration, no sense
0: of progress, No sense of progress, no fun. So complete is about committing to, you know, breaking something down and then committing to the first stage of that, then committing to the next stage of that and kind of looking at those things. as
1: Right. And that's the other part of it is because the commitment is shorter. It's Mm. not like, oh, we're going to do an initiative and for the end of time we're going to do this, which feels very heavy. It's, hey, let's run an experiment. For the next three months we're going to... It, 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 we're going to, you know, when we talk to our client, I'm trying to picture something and kind of the work that we're doing. When we talk to our clients, we're going to do an in-person visit. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll cost more, but we'll learn more. So does it, and our hypothesis is it'll pay off in the long run. So maybe three months might not be a long, mm-hmm. long enough, but you say, okay, so for six months, three months, a year, whatever, we're going to try it. And, and the benefit of that multiple benefits, but another one is that it activates people's senses, if you say, no, the new process has changed. We're now doing these in-person intake um, sessions. They're like, okay, that's what we're doing. But if you say, look, we're going to try it for six months and then we're going to talk about what we learn. As they're doing the new process, their eyes are looking left and right and they're saying, okay, how could this be better? Oh, yeah. I can see how this is yeah. messed up. Now, that's exactly what you want.
0: And it, because you also because you're labeling labeling it as an experiment, right? So exactly. straight away, it's there's like a softness to that. There's like more of a permission to that it's permission like, to fail,
1: yeah. And it's, it's 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 an experiment, and so you learn.
0: Yeah, and the, one of the other things that I really loved was um, so you talk about control the clock, not yeah. the clock. I'd love you to um, tell us how that could have stopped la la land from being (laughs) the best oscar do you want to just tell that story
1: yeah so uh, three we just had the Oscars three years ago uh warren beatty and faye dunaway it was the 50th anniversary bunny and clyde they were there to announce the most prestigious the final award of the evening the award of best picture which was being was awarded to moonlight they come on stage they have the envelope they now they've been in correctly handed the wrong envelope. The envelope they've been handed was for the second to last award, Best Actress, Emma Stone, La La Land. So the card says Emma Stone, La La Land, and at the bottom of it it says Best Actress in small letters. And now as luck would have it, La La Land was a nominee. So they get on stage, and Warren opens the envelope. He pulls out the card, he looks at it. His, he he looks at it again. He checks the envelope for a second card. His his brow is furrowed. His head is looking down. He looks left and right. He kind of looks off stage. Uh, there's nothing. He looks again in the envelope. Fay now is getting exasperated. She puts, <laughs> says, "Come on, uh,
0: then then you're impossible." He shows it to her. So the subtext at this point is that the idea of a pause in the middle of the most prestigious bit of the Oscars yes, is terrifying. It's
1: right? terrifying, but, but on the other hand, okay, so, and then so she announces it, La La Land, which is wrong, yeah. it's supposed to be moonlight, and it's very awkward after that, but uh, it, it's, lot and people say, well, why can't he just do a little timeout sing- mm. signal? No one is shooting at you. You have no <laughs> nuclear reactors <laughs> to worry about. It's just people. So, on the one hand, I kind of can make light of it is based on my experience dealing with, quote, real things, but it (laughs) feels very real. I mean social ostracism and feeling wrong. Well, so what's happening is it's the pressure of the clock, which is causing his prefrontal short cor- cortex to shut down. And his reptile brain is in charge at that moment. His reptile brain wants self-preservation. It re- doesn't want to look bad. If I'm the one who calls timeout, it's going to be me. On the meantime, if I just let it go, Faye's going to read it. PWC gave it to me. There's, there's diffuse and no, that they People will know he hesitated because it's visual, but lo- oftentimes mm-hmm. it worked. We will never know that you saw something and you could have said something, but you're never 100% sure that's a problem. Yeah. And so yeah. you got to make a decision and we lose it. So many times we've had tragedies where afterwards we we found out that a sailor or a person saw something or heard something and didn't say anything mm. and and there's the tendency to to blame them and say well you know you need to speak up more and you're going to go to a train we're going to send you to
0: assertiveness training and or, it's like they should have blown the whistle yeah. or they, you know they should have been the right. heroic whatever right but, but
1: we've structured the system where calling a pause yeah. is very difficult yeah. so what you want that's called obeying the clock. That's why we have words like mm. clock, right? And this comes directly from the industrial age. So you want to control the clock. You want to give the team the ability to say pause. This is exactly what the Toyota production system yeah. and Encore does. And, and, and as a leader, when you see the team hesitating, our instinct
0: is, no, let's get going. We're burning daylight. So the Encore just explained, so you've got a production line yeah. and it's like some, someone recognizes something's not quite right. Right and this, the andon cord, andon is like the Chinese, the Japanese lantern, right? The, yep. Um, so like when you pull this cord, the lantern lights up and then somebody else in the building knows, hang on, there's a problem yes. over there, right. need to go and check that out.
1: Exactly, so it's a way for them to symbol, sig- signal, Yeah. I was in red work, I was in production work, I was focused, but I have to shift to a different mode of work, which is now I'm in problem solving. Mm. I need to think and solve the problem, and if necessary, if I can't solve the problem in the amount of time that the part is on my part of the assembly line, then we'll stop the whole line mm. If the supervisor comes over the first words out of the supervisor's mouth by the way
0: thank you not yeah. oh you again yeah, right. really yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so again you're you're creating that environment you're creating the culture where that feels like the more natural less risky thing to do right rather than <gasps> I'm the one putting my yeah. hand up and wrecking the yeah. right, production statistics or whatever. Yeah. So
1: how many times does that button get pushed the, uh, a week? Yeah. If it only gets pushed once, yeah. then it's going to feel scary. Okay. Uh, apparently, it gets pull, pushed like a thousand times a week in a factory. Really? Yeah, it's a okay. huge number. So, like, which, ask you a thousand times, or yeah, the, yeah, someone was telling me this. I couldn't validate it, mm-hmm. but it's it, it, it's pushed a lot of times, yeah. which demystifies the whole. It's not so. In other words, in that culture, if 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 someone from Toyota were running the Oscars and standing there instead of Warren Beatty, mm-hmm. that would just would have said, "And Encore." Yeah, <laughs> right. Because it's demystified. It's mm-hmm. not scary
0: yeah um you mentioned something there um a couple of things just before we wrap up i'd love to talk about uh so you talked at the beginning about you kind of partly wrote the book as a uh, (laughs) self-help kind of thing for you so let's talk about that um and then i want to also just talk about the other thing you just mentioned there which is like uh you know the oscars is you know it's scary to uh, hold your hand up in that situation but like you're on a nuclear submarine doing like real stressful stuff so i'd love right. to learn a bit more about that in a minute yeah but the the idea of a self-help book for you and thinking about language and 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 thinking about that so um obviously like with santa fe um and the story that we'll put the link in the show notes to that little um animation video that kind oh, of tells nice. yeah tells that story so people can kind of really really kind of go through that if they've not read uh turn the ship around but when you started to um, write that book, like what, it, what, are the, what were the most powerful words or the most powerful changes in language that as, as you were working, uh, you know, and as, as the commander of a ship, you found just made the biggest change? And what can people take away from that in terms of management and leadership and the work they're doing?
1: So I would just, uh, if I could start the sentence right, I would be on the right track. So for example, mm-hmm. my questions... Tended to be overly binary. Is it w- will it work? Are we ready? And and I oh, wanted I wanted that, it to be yeah. so so I said if I start the question with the word how, mm-hmm. so it wasn't don't ask binary questions. It was start the question with how ready are we? How likely is mm-hmm. it? How likely is this to be the actual enemy? And um, another one was I wanted to make it. I wanted people to understand that there was uncertainty in my mind because in in, in combat, you there's the enemy is deliberately trying to spoof you and mm-hmm. hide you and yeah, trick and that course. kind of yeah. stuff. So you, I would say, what concerns, what what I'm worried about, the thing that keeps me up at night, were what I'm unsure or and and that kind of thing. And then I also found myself saying at the end of a uh, I'd give a little talk. Okay, I'd sum up. Okay, here's, so here's the plan. Here's what we've talked. Here's the plan. Da, 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 da. Does that make sense? Mm. Well, even that that, that, that makes the easy path just this head nod. But then I'd find out later, you know, I wasn't really confused. I said, "But I asked, did that make sense?" But no one, no, that's not really a thing. So Yeah, you... I say that all the time. That's a real <laughs> like. Does
0: that make sense? Just at the end yeah, of it. Yeah, it. exactly.
1: Yeah. So you, yeah. You, what you want? What I wanted to say was, what was unclear? Yeah. What yeah. am I missing? Yeah. How could we be wrong? And so, so what happened is I started with this like, long list. Here's another one. You say the world the way you experience it. Someone says, uh, you miss a meeting, you're embarrassed. And someone says, well, there was an email on it. You don't remember seeing it, but what you say is, well, you didn't send it to me. Mm -hmm. But you don't know that. You don't know (laughs) that. So then you say, well, I didn't see it which you also probably don't know what you what you you didn't you don't remember Mm. seeing it so because if you just say the world the way you experience it i don't remember seeing i sorry i I just don't remember seeing it no one can argue with you Mm. you didn't send it to me yes i didn't know you that's fruitful so so there's this long list don't say this say that but you can't remember that. So there has to be a structure. And so mm-hmm. there must be a structure. And so the way I think about it is you kind of lower the water. When the tide goes out, you see the way the rock, the, the patterns of the rocks. And so we lower the water. And the most overriding structure is the structure between doing language yeah. and yeah. thinking language. And then the more nuanced structure are these six plays. And then what... We'll, we talked about a couple, Oh, instead of obey the clock, control the clock, instead of continue, uh, connect. And the final one is instead of conform to role, uh, no, instead of continue, complete, uh, instead of conforming to role, connect as human beings. But there's six of them. And I love improve, not prove as well. Can you just explain that one? Well, the idea is, uh, we talked about the get better mindset versus the be good. And the idea is If you're doing mode, doing always invokes proving. Okay, I gotta prove that I can do it. Mm. Versus learning is an improve idea. So if it's an experiment hypothesis, then what we're invoking is the mindset of improvement. You wanna be have a learning, uh, CEOs tell me all the time, oh, I'd like to have a learning organization, but we then run it in a way where everyone has to prove themselves. Well,
0: if you don't always have to prove yourself, it gets Mm. in the way of learning. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be uh, in so much trouble if I don't let you go. Okay. But can, we, can you just give us a couple of words? What's the difference now in your lifestyle between that high pressure uh, you commander of a submarine versus what, you're, what you do these days?
1: Well, I feel, so I go on stage, I do lots of keynotes. So there's no reason why a submarine commander should be any good at, at doing keynotes. <laughs> so when I started, it was great because there were no expectations. And so I just had fun. And, yeah. and then, and then people started paying me. And then I had a lot of pressure, <laughs> but I've kind of come through that. And the best ones are when it's sort of, it's sort of a light and slightly experiment. Hey, I'm going to try some stuff. And I tell the audience, yeah. I'm trying some new, I'm okay. trying a little new structure with you guys. So tell me uh, at the end, how you like the structure. You can't just say, Oh, how'd you like it? It's too yeah. vague. But, or, or you say, I, I, this section here is new. Let me know. How, how how it resonates with you how useful was it and you get better at asking the questions, so you get the information that's most that mm-hmm. that helps you get better
0: well i love is you're taking that mindset um that you've talked about with turn the ship around into your own keynotes and into your own work yeah. right and sort of leading yourself in that way which is it's fascinating. Um, I could talk to you for hours and I'm really worried <laughs> about being in trouble. Uh, so I'm going to wrap All it up. Right. Uh, well, so, thank the you for... is, so the book is Leadership is Language. Uh, do you want to just uh, say how people can get hold of you and find out more about what you do?
1: Yeah, I'm on social media, L. David Marquet. Uh, most social media goes LinkedIn. And um, you can go, we have a website, my name and intent-based leadership. That's the name of our program. And we have a cool... Cool, I think, as cool as cool can be. um, Program called Leadership Nudges, which are little one-minute videos. Yeah. And there were like three, we're almost 300 now on YouTube. So you t- go to YouTube type in leadership nudges. And there's just little nuggets, like, you know, start the question with how and stuff yeah. like that. It's not heavy.
0: And we try and keep them. I'll n- put a link to couple of to... those. The one with the toilet thing. With yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one. I cool.
1: was in Scotland. For <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, look at this amazing.
0: <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you so much for being on Beyond Busy. And uh, yeah, good luck with the rest of the trip. And, uh, and yeah, th- thanks again. Cheers. So there you go. Really recommend Leadership is Language and also Turn the Ship Around, to really great books and uh, some good stuff on TED and elsewhere. If you don't have time to read the whole book, but you want to kind of get a little bit more of David's stuff uh, and also really recommend his little leadership short things that he puts out on YouTube. Really fun, uh, interesting little set of videos as well. Just a couple of quick thank yous from me. So thanks to Mark Stedman and Podient, our producer and platform for this show. And thanks also to Think Productive, our sponsors for the show. We run productivity training and workshops and coaching and all kinds of stuff that can really help you and your team. So head to thinkproductive.com if you want to find out more about that. And we're gonna be back in two weeks time we have some really great episodes already in the can lined up coming out over the next few weeks so we'll see you in two and until then enjoy the summer take care bye for now